We certainly do serve an awesome God, don't we? You may be seated. I wanted to talk tonight about truth, but more specifically, truth in a truthless world. It's, it's often said now by people, I know my truth. I know how I feel. I know what's true to me. But that's not how truth works. You know, we read the word of God and we see that there are things that are definitively and provably true. We serve one God. His name is Jesus. Amen. We live in a world in which he created. And therefore, if he created it, all the things that are in it, as he created them, are true. But that's not how the world sees it anymore. It's, it's so wishy-washy. People have forgotten that truth is definitive. We've lost that. It's, it's called post-truth, as they call it now. Meaning that feelings hold more weight than provable facts. And, you know, some people in the world may not see the, the Bible as the truth that it is. And, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. But anyone who's experienced God's presence knows for a fact without a doubt that this is the truth and the whole truth. Amen. It's very dangerous thinking of feelings as true. We, we lose sight of God, and the world has already lost sight of God, but it goes further and further away. You look at, as kids are growing up in these schools, the things that they're being taught as normal, as okay, and those things are so far from the intended purpose that God created. We know things to be certain like I said, we have one God. He created all things in his perfect image. That means he created us, each and every one of us, man and woman, in his image. Perfect. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When he made this statement, he wasn't just saying it to be frivolous. He was saying it to be definitive, to be certain. It is a truth that he is the only way to make it to heaven. The only truth to make it to heaven. The only provider of life, not just this life, but in the life to come. It's clear. He said it, plain and simple, right? There's no questioning it. There's no way to interpret it any other way. The way, the truth, and the life. The only giver of life. And when we understand that through Jesus, we have the path to make it to heaven. He is the truth, and everything he says is true. We can prove it. You don't just have to read it and go, okay, well, that makes sense. It's provable. It's testable. God tells us to try the spirits in this world. And if they're of him, they are true. You can prove them to be true. Not just by feeling, but by actions. You can see prayers answered and healing done through the one and only God. But when I was thinking of truth, when I was writing this message and 
I was praying and God was speaking to me. I, I was reminded of Pastor's message from a few nights ago when he was talking about knowledge in Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. It goes on to say further in verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How true is that? Without the knowledge of the love of God, how easy can we be lost in this world? How easy is it to get caught up in sin? It's so abundant. It's easily accessible. Everything you could want, every sin possible at the fingertips, just by typing in words, searching whatever you want, looking anywhere, how abundant is the sin? But if we don't have the knowledge that Jesus died on the cross for us to be forgiven, if we don't have that knowledge, how easy it is to be bound and led to destruction. You know, I was thinking about that, being bound and lost, led to destruction. And it brought me to John chapter 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Being free. Free from what? Free to do what you want? Well, sure, yeah. That's how you want to look at it. But that's not how God intended it. Free from sin. Free from the path of destruction. God opened the door to forgiveness on the cross. But he didn't stop there. He gave us the promise of the Holy Ghost, the evidence by speaking in tongues. It wasn't just the infilling of God's spirit, but it's the power to follow him, to avoid sin. Because sin, it's very tempting. It's very easy. It's very abundant. But how much more abundant is the love of God to come down to his own creation to be hated and scorned and beaten and bruised just to climb up that hill with a cross on his back and to not stop there but to be hung and nailed to that cross to be beaten and stabbed in his side all for what? People who hated him? But not just them, people who loved him, people who didn't even know him, people who weren't even born. He did that for us. And it's important to know that truth. He didn't just do it to say, well, the door's open. He did it to say, this is the truth. This is the way. It's open to you. Take it. Grab on. Trust me. How true is it? You taste and see the goodness of God. He doesn't just stop by saying, all right, well, you're filled. You got the power. Bye. See you later. No. He's there every step of the way. 
Every time you have a problem, every time you don't know what to do, speak to him. Because it wasn't just the forgiveness that was poured out. You can read that the veil was torn, the veil that separated the holy of holies from everyone else. When that was torn, it proved to us that God was accessible every moment of every day. Not just available, but in the infilling, the power to know right from wrong. To trust in him. To hear the truth spoken in that soft, still voice. But we're not just free from sin. Because in Romans chapter 6, verse 22, it says, But now being made free from sin and becoming servants to God, ye have your fruits unto holiness and the everlasting life. Now, you hear the word servant, and you think, oh, man, that's kind of a bad thing. But it's different serving God. You're not serving a master who pushes you beyond belief. He's not a master who treats you and beats you and pushes you down. He's a master who loves you, uplifts you, provides for you. He doesn't leave you lacking or wanting. He provides and by serving him, you have those fruits of holiness and that promise of everlasting life. We're, be, we're made free from sin, but not incapable of sin. It's through the power that's given through the Holy Ghost we're able to avoid that sin. That's the freedom. The freedom of knowing we can speak to God and be spoken to by God. Because that freedom offered as salvation, it's unmatched. There is no one you can speak to. There is no wisdom you can glean from any other man or source or book or teaching or ancient scripture or tablets or anything you can find in this world that compares to that promise of salvation and everlasting life. Nothing compares. Not even close. You know, you could be promised riches in this life and be left empty. How often do we see it? The rich and famous and powerful in this world are so empty. They're so empty, but they have everything. The nice house, the nice cars, access to anything they want. Lacking nothing, but yet so empty and so unhappy so desiring to change and control people because they're missing the truth of God. That love that wraps around you and fills every hole in your heart. Holes that only God can fill. If you don't know that, you don't have that truth in your heart setting you free, it's so easy to be bound. But it's not just truth that we read, but truth we live by. We're called to be honest and truthful in our words and dealings. We're called not to lie, not to covet, not to steal. 
We're called to uplift and affirm one another. But not to just say petty words or things that make people feel good. And sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes it hurts to tell people what you're doing is not right. And it's not my place to judge. But the truth is, sin is sin. There's no lie that isn't uncovered by God. There's no sin that will squeak under the rug and make it into heaven. And, you know, it's not our job to judge because that's, that's God's place. But it's our job to show the love and expose the truth of God's word to people. To deal truthfully in our words and our actions. Not to be bound by lies, because when you tell the truth, there are no lies. When you're honest with people, there's nothing to cover up. There's nothing to hide. You're not bound to some story you made up. You're held to the truth because those things happen. When we live honestly and in truth, we're freed from the heavy burden of sin. In addition to being freed by the truth, we can read that the truth is included in the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. Being girded with truth. It's not just the belt that holds all the armor together, but it's the truth, the foundation of who God is, what God wants, the love he provides. Like I said, it's truth and what we speak, how we act. Because how are we to be God's representatives, God's hands and feet, if we deal in lies it doesn't work. You don't represent God if you lie. God is true and only true. He can't lie. Everything he's ever said, every promise he's ever made is true, and it will be proven true. If God promised you something, it'll happen. It may not happen tomorrow, but it'll happen. God doesn't lie. And one day, we'll all be standing before that throne of judgment because God said it. And this world will come to an end. And I do believe we're in the end of days. When we see those things unfold that God has spoken to us in revelations, those woes that this world will go through, we'll know God's truth is there. We'll hold firm to him and know that the actions we live by the truth he's provided will make it, as long as we hold true to him. Because salvation isn't something that's, well, it's here or there. you got to find it and then find it again and make sure you keep finding it. It's there. It's open. You have it. You follow the path straight and narrow. It's a truth. It doesn't change. It's our actions that hold us to that path. Because it's easy to fall away and sin. That's the easy path. That's why it's wide. And it's why the path to salvation, to heaven, 
It's narrow, because it's hard. It's hard to tell the truth all the time when you're doing it on your own. But when God's there and you have that power, you know, hey, that's not right. I shouldn't do that. God says, no, 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 this way, this way. Don't go over there. Don't look over there. That's not good for you. You don't want it. You don't need it. I've got something better. It might take a little longer. It might be a little harder, but it's better. It's not quick and easy, but it's better. Because we can't be salt and light as God called us to be if we are malicious, deceivers, liars, cheaters, thieves. We can't be the good things if we show the bad. Don't show the bad because you don't do the bad, right? We don't live in sin because we're free from sin. We're to be seen and known by the actions, the love, the words we speak, affirming one another and uplifting those who are lost, teaching, speaking the truth. We call ourselves Christians. Christians commonly interpreted as little Christ or like Christ, right? We are to be God's representatives, to live as Jesus lived and to love as Jesus loved. And if it comes down to it and we have to stand up for our faith and be judged in this world, so be it. Because if you know the truth and you stand firm in it on that rock, that solid foundation, it doesn't matter if everything in this life fades away because you know the promise of the truth and the life that's to come is so much greater than the life that is now. It's, it's fleeting. It's like the flowers. It blooms and it's gone. It's how quick this life is compared to eternity. You can't even comprehend eternity. You've been alive 26 years and it seems like a long time. But that's a grain of sand to eternity. One grain of sand hasn't even fallen out of the timer of eternity. It's incomprehensible. And that's what God promised us. That's the truth. That's what he promised. To bring it to a close... We're to be God's hands and feet, his willing vessels to those in need. Because we weren't always perfect. Some some of us were born into church, raised in church. You know, you knew the truth from a young age. Not everybody had that. And it wasn't easy for those people either. We all come to the truth in our own ways. God exposes himself to us in different ways. Some of us We're at wit's end, at rock bottom, nothing left, nowhere to turn. And God speaks and says, hey, come here, I got something better for you. Or someone from the church came to us and brought us here to be exposed to Jesus' love. We're called to do that to others. And don't stop at one, don't stop at two, everyone needs to hear the truth. 
And if they don't want to hear it, they'll see it through your actions. They'll see you acting honestly, not lying, not dealing falsely. You don't even have to say things a lot of the time. People can tell you're different. They can see the light that's within you and the power that you have. Being upright in your speech, they can tell you're different. Because we know the truths of this world. We glean it from the word and the things provided by the people before us. Jesus spoke a lot in the Bible, but he gave us other prophets too. We can see how other people live their lives, the ups, the downs, the rights, the wrongs, what to do and what not to do. That's the truth. That's the word God provided us. We know he created us in his image. We know he created this world. The things in this world that he created are true. We know that the plan of salvation is true. Being born both of water and spirit, the baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in tongues. We know those to be true. You can test it. You can try it. God will prove himself true. And we know that it's true. It's the promise of heaven. That plan of salvation is the key to unlocking that path. We know it's true because Jesus spoke it. Jesus loved us, and we know that's true. It's evidenced by the cross. It's evidenced by every day when you wake up and say, God, thank you. Thank you for waking me up and giving me another opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to be your vessel, to be your light, to be a shining example to help those who are just like me. Because everyone is in sin until Jesus pulls them out. Jesus opens your eyes, and he leads you on the path of salvation. And how selfish would it be to just hold on to it and just say, I'm good. I'm good. God's got my back. But that's not how it works. That's not how God deals with us. He says, hey. You've been exposed to it. You've seen how good it is. You feel how much love is there. Why hold on to it? Why not take that treasure and multiply it? Show everyone around you the truth that you know and you've been exposed to. Let them see that light. Let them see that love to feel the perfect love. It's testable. It's provable. It's true. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's always there. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't hear it, he's there. And it's provable. And it's true. And if you don't believe me, stop and pray. God will speak to you. God will move. And he'll make a way when it doesn't look like there's a way. Because God loves us. He won't leave us nor forsake us.